what's up? Here's another episode of the Driving with John podcast. I guess that's what we can call it. Who knows what I'll call it. But as we said yesterday, this is a podcast where I can come in and I can talk about setting intentions for the day, thinking about what we're going to do for the day, future plans, uh, happenings the day before, what to expect for the day coming right now. The setting is, I'm in the car, it's morning class, the drive to morning class. Can't do podcasts right now, I really can't, they do my head in. Even Sean West, right in the morning, sorry. Sorry, Sean, can't do it. Joe Rogan, you annoy me first thing in the morning too. I don't wish that upon anybody. All I want in here is my cafe. And a little bit of a yarn. Just a chat. I can't call anyone, so I'm going to talk to myself and record it and make a podcast of it. So, the other thing is that the sounds might not be the best, but you know what? So be it. They're going to be like, what, 10, 15 minute podcast, maybe less, maybe more, who knows. Uh, And so if you can hear background noise, it's all the cars that are uh, driving around me and it's my blinkers clicking uh, and my accelerator sounding really loud on my Corolla. So just going to have to deal with it, people. So the high jiu-jitsu... Story show, that's been so awesome. I've had so many people call me up and talk to me about it and let me know how awesome it is and that they're listening to it. And oh, it's a bit surprising because we just did it as a little bit of a mess around. Um, but even as a mess around, that was that's an awesome podcast. And there's so much value that goes on in that podcast. And when I met up with Brad, that's what I wanted from that whole thing. I just wanted uh, an ability to share stories, okay, and to create those stories. Well, we're not really create them, just to document the stories because there are so many stories happening within higher jiu-jitsu. Like, we have over 130 students right now. Uh, And I mean, uh, that's, that's a dream right there. It wasn't long before, you know, we had 20, 30, we stayed on 30 students for a very long time. Uh, and now we find ourselves here at 130. And that's 130 stories right there. And stories of people improving their lives with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. People building quality of life. Everyday people building quality of life with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Now hold on a minute. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I set out to do with Hai Jiu-Jitsu. That's our mission of Hai Jiu-Jitsu. And it's happening as we speak. That's a gift. That's a joy. I love saying that. I love hearing that. And you know what? It has been hard. These past five... I started the commune, what? 2014 was the first time we started the commune. So for two years... We had the commune. Then 2016, I remember that email that came out. 2016 is higher jiu-jitsu. And that was when the name change happened. And that was a big, big step. So much fun there, but just also 
so much confusion, so much doubt, so much uncertainty. It was funny because I used to run higher health. Higher health was the thing that I was always like focused on at the beginning. And of course, I mean, jiu-jitsu was, has always been my main focus. But in terms of running a business, I didn't think I was ready at the time to have an academy. And so I remember sitting with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and we're discussing where I wanted to go with my life, you know, what I want to do with my, with my career, because I was finishing a marketing law degree. I was working with my dad, you know, part-time as a refrigeration mechanic. Um, I was contemplating going to TAFE and doing refrigeration. And that was before I hurt my shoulder. And I completely smashed my shoulder in 2012. And I remember the surgeon asking me, he's like, what do you do for work? I said, oh, well, currently I help my dad as a refrigeration mechanic. And he says, no, he's like, change your job. Change your job because there's no way you can be able to do anything laborious like that. He said, go find a, go find a desk job. Stay away from the tools. Stay away from uh, just heavy labor work. Stay away from jiu-jitsu is exactly what he said. He said you won't be doing jiu-jitsu again. And I took that as a little bit of stimulus. Not to stop doing jiu-jitsu, but actually to double down on jiu-jitsu. I, to be honest, in, my, in the depths of my stomach and soul, I didn't really want to do refrigeration mechanic. I loved hanging out with my dad. Hanging out with my dad was so much fun. And we used to hang out and go to work together and go to the jobs together. And the best time of that job was me being in the car with my dad in the van and just talking and hanging out and having fun. And when it came to the work, I mean, it was fun, it was enjoyable, but I was there pretty much to help my dad and to hang out with him, not to do the job. You know, I'd think about, wow, do I, you know, it was, Refrigeration is fun. I mean, you have the autonomy. You can hang out all day like in your van and you go do your own thing and you drive around and you're not stuck in one spot. There's a lot of good, a lot of benefits of my dad's job. Um, and for a while, I was contemplating doing it. But it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I'd think to myself, you know, I'll be doing this for the rest of my life and there wasn't, there was no butterflies in my stomach. If anything, there was a little bit of dread little bit of dread because I knew it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I knew I could settle for it. I could settle for it if I wanted to. I could have done that. But I'm not one to settle for things. I'm really not. Um, And so, you know, after I tore my shoulder, I went back to SPMA just for, you know, a few times. And I realized that that wasn't the environment for me anymore. Because I needed to be cautious, I needed to be very, super careful, and I couldn't go back into my competitor warrior mode when I had a highly arthritic shoulder. Another thing the surgeon told me, and this stayed in my mind for a very long time, and it's never going to go out. He said, if I ever pop my shoulder one more time, then my my joint is gone. That's like it's almost replacement worthy. And I heard that and I didn't need to hear anything else because if you're telling me that, you know, I can't pop my shoulder anymore and it's already damaged, then 
I'm gonna do all I can to keep myself, my shoulders safe. And that's what happened. So, stopped training at SPMA for a little bit and was in a little bit of limbo with my jiu-jitsu and it was, it was an odd time. And then that's when Johnny Karafalakis actually came up to me and started talking about, well, you know, after I met him in Greece, he was talking to me about starting a school, PCYC. There's like a whole big space. There used to be Bruno Alves Academy and it's not there anymore and nothing's being used there and it's such a good opportunity. And I thought, hey, why not? Let's do it. So I go into the city one day. I take a day off work for my dad. I go into the city. I check it out. I see a beautiful space. I see mats. I see a lot of potential. And I jumped headfirst into that. And I said, it was Vic at the time being the manager. And he goes, oh, yeah, John, you know, so what kind of hours do you want to run? You know, maybe we'll do like a, a month as, just as a tryout. And I said, Sure. Let's do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12.30 p.m., 5.30 p.m. And he looks at me, he's like, wow, he's like, you sure, man? He's like, don't you have work or, you know, don't you have a job that you have to focus on? Maybe you just want to do some night classes or maybe just once a week or twice a week. And I looked at him and I thought about it. And I said, well, if I do this super part-time once, twice a week, who the hell is going to come? Who will be there? There won't be anyone there. won't be anyone there because you know like uh, what I wanted from it was a was a full-time beautiful space for people to come in and call it their home Um, and I wanted lunchtime people to come in and train and enjoy jiu-jitsu in our space I wanted uh, people of the nighttime to come in and enjoy the space and to be honest I, I was I imagined it initially like an open sparring like situation where it was just one big happy family coming in and training and learning. And I didn't know anything about running a school back then. I was completely very, very ignorant. But I had a dream and I kept going with that dream no matter what. I fired first before I aimed and that was 100% um, truthful in that situation. But even with aim, we still did okay. We still did okay and we're still here. So that was the start, really. You know, the commune, so the way that happened is we were training initially and a few a few boys and girls jumped on board and they kept, they were the ones that were encouraging me for the first year or two years. Uh, you know, sometimes it was tough to go to, to pick up my car, take a day off work and go into 12.30 class. Sometimes there wouldn't be too many people there. Most times 5.30 class, there wasn't many people there. Um... But then Oscar jumped on, and Maddie jumped on, and Adam Buchan jumped on in the morning, uh, in the in the night times, and we had a little bit of a nucleus of a night time. In the uh, during the day, Oscar would come down. Sometimes Maddie would come down. Andrew King was coming down at the time. Um, Neuron and Frank were coming in, uh, and that was beautiful. That was so much fun as well. And they also. Uh, motivated me, you know, kept me, kept me in check, kept me going, um, kept the thing moving along. And maybe, maybe at the time there were false positives. 
my my girlfriend, my wife used to think they were false positives, you know. And it was, and I mean, I agree, I understand, because initially she was like, you know, where do you want to go with this? You're spending so much time in the city because every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'd finish at like what two o'clock, and then I'd have three hours before I'd have to come back and keep going. So you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for me was completely taken with jujitsu. And I mean, I could have done some work. I started working like in the mornings and I'd, sometimes I'd do clients in between. But when I was running higher health, my clients were pretty much out west. So in Villawood, Canley Heights area. So the way I'd be doing it, that was so crazy. I would drive from Canley Heights to the city. So, you know, or from Marringfield to Canley Heights. I'd do my two, three clients in the morning and then I'd zoom as fast as I could back to the city to take 12.30 class. At, at you know commune at the time high jiu-jitsu and again yes that was super crazy but i enjoyed it and that's what culminated in this what we have right here today um little by little step by step you know high jiu-jitsu started in 2016 after the commune and that was that was when i knew what we knew what we were doing and the vision was a lot clearer and more and more people started jumping on board, maybe because they started realizing what it is that I saw. Um, and I gave them a much bigger picture of what to expect and of, you know, um, and I gave them something a lot more feasible and plausible. And so they, everyone started jumping on slowly, slowly. Uh, the formative years, they were awesome. They were so much fun, but it's only getting more and more awesome right now. Uh, there you go. That's a little bit of history of where I was at when we started high, uh, Commune and High Jiu-Jitsu. It's been a beautiful run. Hope you enjoyed listening to that. What I'm doing right now is driving to the city for morning 6.30 a.m. class on Wednesday. Open rank. Can't wait to see who's there. 6.15, I'm stuck in traffic. I don't know. Hopefully, if I'm a little, don't think I'll be late. But if I am, peeps, wait up, I'm coming. Much love to everybody. This is Hi Jiu Jitsu John. Us.